The views and opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of any member of the Horror You Know podcast or any entities they represent. We here at the Horror You Know podcast are going to do a little bit something different this week. Instead of our normal movie with the story behind the movie, this week we're going to do an interview. We were contacted recently by a gentleman named Christopher Peters from Hollywood, California, who is an actor and producer of films. He wanted to do an interview about his experience with aliens. Now, some of this might sound unbelievable to you guys, but we're not here to judge. We're here to let him tell his story. I'll let you decide on what you believe. But if you'd like to contact him, he actually gives contact information at the end, so you can discuss this further. Well, here we go. Welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Darren, and we're minus the Ian's and Trent this week. We have a special week in store for you this week. We have a special, special guest, and I'm going to introduce him right now, but I'll let him talk a little bit about himself, and you can get to know him through his own words. His name is Chris Peters. He is an actor, a producer. He owns companies. He invests. So how you doing, Chris? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And I appreciate it. It was kind of like a uh, kind of a what's the word I'm looking at? Synchronistic. Maybe that's not the right word, but kind of the universe is aligned in a very odd way to find us together as friends here on the podcast. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to hang out with you and share and and your audience and everything. So thanks. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for being here. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. Uh, I would I would say it's serendipitous. It's just kind of in the cards, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. a good that's a good word. That's the perfect word. Yep, there we serendipitous. go. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you grew up and where you grew up? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I grew up. My mom is Leslie Ann Warren, who's an actress. Um, She's my mom, mom of birth, and she's been in so many different things. She was the first Cinderella ever for she had a contract with Walt Disney back in the day and 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 uh, has been in a ton of movies. Victor Victoria. She was the crazy blonde, the Blake Edwards movie, and she's done so many different movies and TV shows still works. So that's my mom. My stepmom is Barbara Streisand. Uh, my dad is John Peters. Uh, Barbara, as you know, is a singer, you know, famous singer, uh, actress. And my dad is a um, is a film producer for the last 
God, I'm 53, 54 years old. So he's been doing it since 74. He was, uh, he was with my mom in the beginning. Um, we, I was born in 1968, grew up in, uh, in Malibu, California in the kind of the set, uh, yeah, or late sixties, early seventies parents stayed together for a couple of years. My dad was super violent. Uh, my mom was a good mom, you know, good mom, very loving, good mom, but just a young kid, you know, and didn't really understand how to deal with that violence. And his, he was, he's kind of like, like an inferno, you know, like my dad is this very brilliant person about human beings and about seeing opportunity down the road and looking at the big picture of what somebody can be and what they will be. He can't spell. He was at, he, you know, he, he was out of school when he was 13. He was in and out of juvenile hall, uh, fought a lot on the streets, you know, was this just kind of crazy wild lunatic our our family on that side was big in the hair business and the haircutting business in the 50s the 60s the paganos my dad was uh came from a cherokee indian italian family his his uh his father was cherokee indian and his mother was italian and the paganos p a g a n o s were this italian not empire because they weren't super wealthy, but they were, you know, were well off, but they were very, they were sort of a, a monopoly in the haircutting business in the San Fernando Valley in the fifties, sixties, you know, late sixties, early seventies. And so my dad, you know, he kind of aspired to be in that world because he was kind of like his father. He was a good kid when he came into this world, he was a very good kid. He had a big spirit. He was a loving kid. Loved his father, Jack, my grandfather, Jack, who was a short order cook, kind of a salt of the earth guy, Cherokee Indian, uh, almost full blooded. And my dad was a, sort of a daddy's boy, you know, up until I think it was eight years old. And one day Jack was holding my father and he died. He had a heart attack holding my dad and it absolutely destroyed my father. And it and it sucked out from him um, the innocence Oh shit! Not my wife is showing up now, and but anyway, sucked out from him the innocence and the love, and and all the tenderness, and turned him into kind of this wild kid whose heart was broken, and so, you know, he was in and out of juvenile hall most of his life and that kind of thing, uh, and uh, and eventually, you know, he he stuck he went he kind of got into beauty school because he didn't. You know, one of the terms of his release from juvenile hall was when his, you know, when the family came to get him was, hey, you know, you got to find some kind of job kind of thing. And so they said, we'll take him into the hair business. Um, my dad grew up, you know, he was a good kid. He loved his father. They used to go camping and then his dad died and it just destroyed my dad. And I think when we people, most people, a lot of people, when you have that kind of loss in your life, whatever that loss is, I think it can do two things to people. It either can turn them into people who really seek to dominate and control and by any means necessary their life and the surroundings so that they never have to feel an inch of pain or any kind of fear or it makes people more vulnerable and more open and more loving and more understanding the preciousness of life and each connection. And, uh, and, and, and I don't think it's by, you know, it happens 
overnight. But I think, you know, in terms of life courses and past primarily not and not everything's black and white. Of course, there are shades of gray between all of those things. So my dad went into total like I am never going to be without you know, in my life period. And money is that thing that's going to give me that comfort. And I am, you know, and so he was hell bent on finding his way. And so he found his way into beauty school via the family Pagano business. And they had hair salons in Beverly Hills, the Valley, all over the place. And so my dad, what my dad is, did is he went in and out of beauty schools in juvenile hall. He was, you know, bouncing all over the place, but eventually he started, uh, he started cutting hair and apprenticing different places and then he became very successful and and uh and this was like probably i don't know i wasn't born yet so it was probably 67 and um and there was a movie called shampoo with warren Beatty. that movie was made after my dad it was a kind of a blend of my dad and another guy named gene gene shakov who was another very famous kind of hairdresser my dad was you know, had like uh, a leather jacket and, and long hair and rode a Harley and Gene did too. And, and my dad would like sleep with all the Hollywood wives, you know. And so he was kind of this, he had a shop in Beverly Hills in the Valley and they were very kind of famous. It was, they were almost like uh, the precursor to like this kind of, you know, the celebrity around reality TV stars. It was like he was almost that kind of thing in that hair world, that fashion hair world, that meeting. It was kind of that thing and the culture around that, this sort of Hollywood, uh, you know, bored housewives that he would, you know, that they would fuck and different things like that. And and, and it was it was, uh, you know, he was you know, not living, you know, he was sort of doing what he had to do to kind of climb that ladder. And, and like I said, money is his God, you know, and money was his God. It was the only thing that he felt could save him from this world because human beings had failed him because the one that he loved the most died. And, and whether that makes sense or not, that's, I think, where he was at. And so there was a lot of violence in his world, a lot of fighting, a lot of in and out of gangs and fighting with police and different things etc and so he had this these hair shops and they were doing well and my mom on the other hand was this jewish girl from new york city uh like a ballerina her her mom and dad were you know very um i would say middle class very respectful uh my grandpa was a, a real estate lawyer and my mom's mom was a mom carol and they were Russian Jewish, kind of, I wouldn't say over religious, but, you know, practice, you know, the different Jewish holidays, that kind of thing. And were, you know, were, were dressed nicely, that kind of thing. So my mom grew up very kind of in that way, New York City, uh, you know, very kind of, um, I don't know what the word would be, normal uh, and form, you know, with a form, you know, sort of that formulaic sort of way of living that 1950s style thinking. So my dad and mom met together at one night at a Hollywood party at Jack Nicholson's house in, uh, and I was born in 1960, I think it was 67. And it was just this kind of meeting, this crazy meeting where they met, uh, they fell in love. I don't think it was meant to last. I think it was meant to have me and come into this world. You know, they got together. I was born a year or two later. Uh, and there was a ton of, you know, violence and he would, you know, beat the shit out of my mom and, you know, I can tell you, you know, my, my dad was, what was great about my dad is, is he was one of the best people I know in a, in a, in an, in an emergency 
I've never seen anybody, or at least at the top, in terms of reaction, in terms of violent time, you know, protecting, but at the same time, cruel and 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 driven and violent and a hair trigger and walking on eggshells. But one, my mom was an actress, and she started had working in uh, Mission Impossible. This was like maybe 1970. I had been born. They were together. I was a couple years old. And, um, and, uh, and my mom was in, in Mission Impossible and different mod squad and different shows. And she's, she's going to the set every day on Mission Impossible. One morning at 5.30 a.m., she walks into her dressing room. In the dressing room, on the vanity, her makeup mirror, is a note from someone she doesn't even know who the note is. She looks up, she picks up the note, she reads the note. It says, the redheaded madman is coming to take Cinderella away. The redheaded madman is coming to take Cinderella away. She thinks it's a joke. She's like half asleep because she's getting there in the morning. She goes to the producer and she says, hey, did you guys leave this note? What, you know, where does that come from? They're like, no, we don't even know what that is. And so she's kind of like startled but doesn't really think too much of it. So she goes in the next day. The note, there's another note again. The redheaded madman sees you and is coming to take you and Christopher away and Cinderella away. My mom was Cinderella for Walt Disney. So now she's starting to kind of freak out. Now the, these notes, wherever she goes, whether it's for a hair salon thing to get her hair cut in the city or, or shopping or whatever, there's these notes on her car and in, in the store. Everything seems to these notes seem to be wherever she goes. And so, so they start to, they go to the police and, and they file an investigation and uh, they find out that, that there's this escaped lunatic from up north, north of uh, San Francisco, this redheaded like giant person who basically has this sort of thing about my mom from all the different things he's seen her in TV shows and movies and, and was totally obsessed with her and has escaped this, this uh, maximum security thing and is coming down for her. And so they're like, you know, we think we're, you know, we know where he is. I wouldn't worry too much about it, but you know, you maybe want to, you know, get a security guard or whatever, that kind of thing. So we're living in Malibu colony and Malibu colony in the six in late 60s, 70s was, you know, it's basically like a half a mile of, of uh, highway, like, a, you know, pavement road, highway, small with houses right on the beach uh, next door to each other, all kind of celebrities during that time. But that time it was like Steve McQueen and Paul Newman and my dad and my mom and, and all these different people like wall to wall to each other. Larry Hagman, you know, from from uh Larry Hagman for I, I, I Dream of Jeannie yeah, and, and Dallas is our neighbor. He was awesome, by the way. He was amazing. He saved me from a dog attacking me one time as a little boy. But anyways, long story short is we ha were living there and it's this very kind of this that whole community was very like, you know, it, it, everything that you think bad about Hollywood, it was that, you know, but also there was some really charming things about these people, but it was just this, but these were not rough and tumble people, salt of the earth people, maybe some of them were, but a lot of them were sort of that way. And so we had this security guard waiting, you know, and then one night there's a big thunderstorm, rain and all this different things. And the guy has to go out for a couple hours to do something for us. And so it's around one in the morning. And so and, and tell me if I'm talking too much. I can shut up. You no, know, I'm fine. just trying. OK, so it's 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 it's. It's raining, you know, we're, we live on the beach, we're, you know, in Malibu Colony, it, my mom and dad and me, we're in this two-story beach house 
we're upstairs all together in the bedroom, uh, kind of an old wood house. And so every time the waves crash on the beach, you can feel the entire house shake, like this, you know, and you can hear the beating of the raindrops on the roof and the whistle of the wind blowing. And it's, you know, it's really heavy on the ocean like that. And it's dark and it's lightning and things. And it's very, that total scary movie, total that thing. And the, and the security guard has to go out to run some errands, you know, for whatever at late at night, for some reason or whatever, he wasn't there. So we're all in bed together. Everything is fine. We haven't heard from this redheaded madman. Haven't seen any notes for a couple of weeks now. Things have died down. And I'm, I'm sleeping with my mom and dad. And it's around 1 o'clock in the morning, 1.10, 1.15. And all of a sudden you hear this explosion of glass downstairs. This giant explosion of something blowing up and like like a crashing window. My dad throws the covers off the bed totally naked jumps in the air grabs this antique gun that he has it doesn't even shoot he goes he runs out the bedroom down the hall there's a stairway that overlooks the down you know at the bottom floor the living room so below is all the living room with the tv set and the couches and the big a big glass table and a big sort of bay window looks at the ocean he looks down he's standing there naked on on the, on the stairwell this wooden stairwell you know that looks down the living room and he sees down at the bottom this gigantic dude looking up to him with red hair, and it's the redheaded madman, and he's there. And my dad, just without thinking, grabs the antique gun, jumps up on the railing, and jumps like in the air, like Aah! like a flying spread, like like flying like little squirrel, like with balls and weird. You, right? <laughs> what? Naked, what? mind you, right? Oh, totally naked, <laughs> balls and penis and butthole and legs and everything flying. And this guy, this redheaded man guy who's this giant of guy, I think he probably looked up and thought, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm the crazy person, but this is like a naked, crazy person. Just lands on this guy. They start fighting. It's just total bloodshed and beating and punching and things. And then my dad punches this dude and knocks him through the window of one of the kitchen door window and then jumps through the window and chases. This guy goes running down the street, the side of our house out to the main street of Malibu colony, which is this little highway, like I told you about. And it goes, it has one entrance. It's a guard gate, one entrance, you know, and one exit. And there's a guard there that lifts up a little fence. You have to sort of give your ID before you can come in and leave. This guy goes running down the street towards the guard gate, goes running towards the guard gate. My dad's chasing him naked catches him at the guard gate totally naked and just beats the piss out of this dude and grabs him by the hair and drags him back to the house by the time he gets there the cops are there it's you know 2 30 in the morning whatever and uh and so that's what i mean by like an amazing crazy lunatic in like but but can be great in a in a really bad situation i had a lot of that stuff go on in my life because when my dad was with Barbara, you know, my mom, Barbara, but Barbara, especially, we had so many people stalking her and breaking in and this and that. And so, you know, in some ways he was, he was amazing. He was a great protector, but he was also just a total lunatic and violent. And that violence could be turned on you. And was that, there was that energy around him all the time. So as a kid, you're just terrified. You have to sort of figure out how do I, navigate this personality without it coming and turning on me so i kind of 
turned me into this person, which was very kind of um, very loving, very caring person, but also hyper vigilant about my surroundings and people and energy and that kind of thing. So anyways, so that's my that that's my mom and dad. And uh, and and, you know, and and they got, and my mom's my mom, and my dad, that marriage lasted till around five and a half years old. And uh, and my dad and Barbara hooked up and basically my dad was getting famous with his hairdressing stuff. And one of the things that he was famous for was doing wigs, uh, wigs for Hollywood elite. And so Warner Brothers had called my dad one day and said, hey, we've got a new movie. Barbara Streisand's in it called Hello, Dolly. And she needs a wig. I think that was the one. And would you be interested in doing it? And so he he basically he said, yeah, I do it. And they, and so they made an appointment to go meet her for the first time. I'm sort of going jumping back and forth uh, time wise. But my dad went up to her, Barbara. Barbara lived in a um, a, Bel- a mansion in Bel Air on uh, Carrollwood Drive. Carrollwood Drive. The house is not there anymore. But she used to live on Carrollwood Drive, this really beautiful but also kind of spooky gothic sort of mansion like the shining kind of hotel sort of a little bit had that vibe to a very haunted place, by the way, I lived there for a couple of years. And so before they had met, he went up there on a Sunday. I think it was like around a midday thing to meet. And, uh, and he, and they had an appointment at 12 o'clock. She kept him waiting for like a half an hour, hour and him being the kind of personality he was like, fuck this. And so he got up and left. And as he was walking out the door, if she was like 40 minutes late, she walked down and she's like, where are you going? She was so used to people kissing her ass and treating her like she was above everyone, you know? And, and so when he left, you know, sort of bailed on her, I was like, fuck you. I'm not waiting for any you or anyone. She fell in love with him because it was the first time she felt human, you know, because somebody actually treated her like appropriately, like, Hey, don't make somebody wait 40 minutes. You have a time. And she, so they fell in love and that was the beginning and big beginning of their thing. And the end of my little family with my mom and dad and, and the sort of the next chapter with Barbara and my dad. Uh, do you have any questions? I'm happy to continue or I'm, well, I'm just. A couple open. things I was wanting to talk about. Uh, yeah. I don't know a lot about your dad, but is your dad a fairly large guy? How, how, what size wise is he like six foot? Yeah. My dad was like, um, probably around five, 11 and a half, maybe 175. Now he's kind of fat. He's kind of a pig, but back then he was about 175 pounds, maybe, you know, but I was just trying to figure out size. Cause I'm six foot and about 220, 218. So yeah. I just wanted to see how big he was. I mean, he sounds like a a brute of a guy, but I mean, that doesn't always mean the aggression doesn't make him a bigger person he than was, what he is. You know what he had? Uh, you know how some fighters, when you watch like UFC mm-hmm. or any kind of fights or boxing or whatever, there's some fighters like Tyson, for example, that have an emotional spark to their punches where it's you know, there's a more, a little bit more of a snap to it where you really know that they're hurt. Like, bang, he had, there was something about my dad, um, where he could connect his, all his ferocious, all his life's pain, all everything into those punches. Like he'd really could. And that's where he came from. You know, it was just, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So another thing I was going to ask, I mean, uh, your relationship with him now is that much different than when you were young or even a teenager, early 20 something man. I mean, how, how's that relationship changed over time? Obviously your your relationship with your moms went well, but with your dad, it seems a lot different. So how's that changed over time? 
it's changed. The way it's changed for me ultimately is I let go of him a hundred percent, you know, in terms of my, you know, in terms of my need for him to be something or say at a boy, or I was able to make a peace with that. That's when I got sober, by the way, because I had a whole long history of drugs and, you know, and lost everything. And, uh, so that was the beginning of the transition of me healing from that. And then over many years after, after I got sober, I was really totally able to let go of that a thousand percent. And now it's not even some, anything for me. And that's really, I really mean that. I mean, I don't reminisce about, Oh, I wonder if it could have been different or this I did for years. And that's where all the drug addiction came from and all the sorrow. Uh, you know, I tried many different, many different personalities to please him. I wanted to be the the good duty, uh, dutiful little, you know, son. I want to be the good worker. I wanted to be the re- the rebel. I wanted to be the guy who could make him a lot of money. I brought the UFC stuff to him. You know, I tried many different things to get him to go, Oh my God, what a, I love you, man. You're like, good, good. All right. You know, this to heal that wound. But I realized you know, that, that, that it, it, that would never come. And it wasn't about me, that it was who he is, you know, and, and some people are not good, you know, and some people, uh, enjoy the suffering of others. And that doesn't mean they can't have qualities about them that are very charming and that you can even love them in an idealistic way, you know, but, but ultimately that's your, reflection of yourself of your own understanding of what you think they could be or should be or are you're really in relationship with your own imagination of what they are rather than who they are you know so i guess the thing that changed was me you know i was able to kind of like you know through burning my life down to the ground both spiritually monetarily who i am as a human being and and the reason why we're actually on this podcast together and it you know this person that I am today is really who I've always been but I was taken on a journey for whatever reason born into this family and this father in particular that took me on a course far far away from who I was or what my actual purpose was in this world and who I really am you know so that's what ha- that's what happened okay. you know in terms of that change yeah. yeah i wasn't i wasn't trying to delve too deeply or or bring yeah. up open wounds or I, anything but no, no, it's, no, no, it, no. it's interesting I, seeing you know his uh his yearning to be with his father so much that once his father dies he changes a little bit as a person so it's almost like it's cyclical and it seems like you've broken out of that cycle of course it is absolutely cyclical everything is you know with people you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. I have. Yeah, I have, you know, and I, and I, I, you know, I was trapped by it for years and conscious of wanting to break out, but I couldn't find the doorway in my own consciousness to get out of it. And mm-hmm. I was aware of being trapped in my own consciousness, my own mind, my own cycle. You know, I didn't know how to get out of it, you know, uh, but yeah, I did. And yeah, I think all people, uh, absolutely are, you know, um, imprisoned at one point or time by their own history you know Mm -hmm. uh, and and they can also set themselves free and those things can also be freeing too you know in different ways but yeah uh, yeah 
Yeah. And no, you can go as deep as you want. I really am a total open book. I believe in that. It's really important. You know, and if I didn't want to say something, I would just say, oh, I don't want to talk about that because that, that doesn't feel right or whatever, you know, but yeah, you can ask me anything you want, you know. Well, let's, and, let's briefly talk about, since since you've talked about your upbringing, let's talk about some of the projects you've worked on in the past and, and what you're working on now and in the future. And then we'll get into you sure. know, what you're actually here on the podcast to say. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> when I was. A young guy, I wanted to be a professional soccer player. I was able to kind of go high up in that world, almost professional. I got on like a junior Olympic team and all this different stuff. But there was a athleticism that I couldn't get to beyond that certain level. Plus, I tore all the ligaments in my ankle. And so when I was uh, 18, 17, 16, 17, 18, I got into music, songwriting and, and a band and these kind of things. And uh, I started, we started to get some record deals, got a publishing deal. I was the writer, the songwriter. I've always been a creative person. I also was in a bunch of TV, not a bunch, but a couple TV series and movies and stuff. I was a horrible actor, but I was great in, in meetings and people. I could, I could con the fuck out of the, not con, but play the role of I could be a good actor in those meetings of casting sessions and then I would get a job and I wouldn't be the greatest actor I wasn't horrible but I just didn't like it you know and I wasn't that good at it and most people much better than me so I did uh, I did River's Edge as a movie with Keanu Reeves I had a couple of scenes in that I did Lost Boys I was a surf Nazi in Lost Boys I was up there for three months uh, I was in uh, Morning Star Evening Star which is uh, I was a principal in that series uh for cbs with scatman crothers and sylvia sydney and 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 joaquin phoenix and all well his name was leaf back then um I, and uh and uh and other things you know i was in zombie high school and all these movies so that was kind of just me trying to make some money and have fun and i was lost you know i was like oh my parents are actors my mom's an actor my dad's i'm acting should be, you know, it wasn't really my thing. And so what happened is I was lost. And by that reason, I, I blew all those opportunities. I, you know, and I just wasn't my thing. Plus my music was kind of going forward. Uh, I, 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 I got close on the music stuff, a couple of record deals. I got some songs in some movies. I got some songs with some artists. Uh, but I also was so insecure as a human being. I compared my own writing uh, I, to the people that I loved that I thought were my, were, that were my heroes, like Prince or Stevie Wonder or the Beatles or whatever. And I thought, oh, if I can't be as good as them, I shouldn't be there at all, which is the wrong thing. You know, your art is about the expression of your own inner voice, whatever that is. And that's enough, you know, if, and if you can be authentic to that place that you are coming from expressing whatever the you know and that's not that's beautiful that's perfection and that's as powerful as infinity but i didn't know that then i thought i had to be something like the people on the outer world you know so i gave up on the music stuff i was lost for a couple of years i started working at different film companies as runners canon films and then I started work my way up Phoenix Pictures and different companies. Then I eventually started to do good at in film companies. And then I, uh, my dad offered me a job at the film company, uh, like 20, 22, 23, after I had worked my way up at different companies to creative executive roles, you know, which are, you know, you're developing screenplays for, you know, people like Mike Metavoy and different companies that do a bunch of different movies. And so then I started as a junior role at my dad's company and 
you know, I sold, uh, I, I, we, we, I sold the blob to Warner brothers. I helped, uh, Superman, the, the, the new versions go a star is born. I worked on that with Clint Eastwood and Beyonce and a bunch of different people. I, I sold myself Robin hood to Warner's and mad monster party, which is a claymation thing that Rankin bass, uh, it's a, if you've ever seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the claymation mm-hmm. one that's been around right since like the 50s, they have a Halloween one called Mad Monster Party. And yeah, so I did I've that. got that in my collection. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah, awesome. And we cool. that was a that, that could have been a really great movie. At the time, we sold it to give you an, your audience and you an idea of when that happened. This was the guys who had created Desperate Housewives, not Mark Cherry, but the showrunners that were writing the actual TV pilots for Mark Cherry. Uh, those were the guys that were the writers of the script and we had Jack Black and it was just about, you know, sold to Warner brothers and, and it didn't go, you know, it almost did, but it didn't go. My, I, I guess probably my big claim to fame was I helped finance the ultimate fighting championship. They had done one show, ran out of money and, uh, I had discovered them. And this was one of my moments of like, let me get, let me impress my dad, show him that I've got value not more than a kid, you know, that I'm, you know, doing something and bring him something that I think that's going to make him a shitload of money. And I brought him the UFC. They had done one show. They were out of money. I said, these guys need a couple million dollars. I think that this is going to be a huge business. He loved it. He loved the idea. We went to go meet Horry and Gracie, Art Davey, uh, you know, John Milius, the guy who wrote the writer, Conan, mm-hmm. the Barbarian, Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now, Big Wednesday, you know, he was they had he had created the octagon because in conan one you see conan fighting in the opening movie in an octagon and so that was john's creation and so the the ufc had taken that idea from so then john had he was given a credit as i think consultant producer plus he owned he owned the rights to the the ring that kind of thing and so that's how we got there and uh as well and so my dad was going to buy the ufc and we met they said yes he had it for i think it was a couple million bucks and he had this deal twice, two or three times. And then we left on the way back. He, you know, I was really excited because I thought, oh, this is going to be a great thing for us as a business, for a father and son thing. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. I said, why? You just got everybody so excited. They think you're going to do it. And he's like, nah. And this is what he does. He loves to do that. And so I was totally crestfallen and broken. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to do it. And he's like, you're a punk kid. You couldn't do jack shit. I was like, well, fuck you. I'm going to go do it. So it took me a year. I hit up probably a couple hundred people who all told me this is the worst idea in the world. It's never going to go. Eventually got somebody to say yes. Got them a couple million. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to be their competitor. I'm going to do a show called World Combat Championship. I'm going to be the first person to make a cable deal. I, I think there's going to be huge business. So I did that. I was able to put together five million bucks. You know, and I had no experience with raising money at all. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to put together anything. And I never did. I never put together a formal business plan. It was all about human connection. It was all about an idea. And then having the belief in yourself to kind of really pound the pavement on that idea and go to any lengths to talk to everyone about the idea and have the balls to say what you want. And I realized that's really a huge magical trio and anybody can have that. And it, and really most of the people in the world don't believe that's possible. And it is. And if they can just have the balls to follow through on their dreams and not give up, you know, most things are possible in my imagination and in my, in my experience. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I, I did this show, World Combat, with Showtime Television, and uh, I was off to the races, and I and I did a bunch of those shows around the world with investors for 12, 13 years, and, and then the UFC big investors, billionaires, started to come in and say, we're going to buy up the UFC and all, all the other fight shows. I was also doing K1 and Pride and all these different things. And so they did, and I, I thought, okay, it's time to get out, time to start this idea, this film finance and TV consulting idea, which I have, which I help people basically, you know, I know different private equity from the fight world, the places, or film studios and networks. I help try to help people get that equity money or deals at studios and networks, and, and that's what I've been doing for about 18 years as okay. well. So now we're... We're to the point of the show where we talk about what me and you have talked about because yeah. this is yeah. what I'm really, really interested in. And all that other stuff is awesome, and I'm uh, I'm this sure totally like some more, of these people are right. going to be scratching their heads like, how did how did this dude on this podcast get this guy on here? <laughs> to it, be it, honest, it, like most yeah. most Hollywood uh, financiers, producers, actors, they're not going to call a guy from the Midwest and say, hey, you know, let's do a podcast. So this is what we're actually talking about. And, you know, I kind of led up recently with a few episodes leading into this. We did the River's Edge episode and the true story behind that and some of the stuff. So we're going to actually, you've got an experience that you want to share with us, our audience, about uh, some things that have went on in your life in the last four or five years. So I'm going to just kind of let you go on that because I'm really interested in hearing this. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's more than things. It's a full on relationship. And I would have, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not correcting you. I'm just saying it's a full on 24 seven day to day relationship, physical filmed pictures, experience conversations, but it didn't start that way. And in my entire life, I never dreamed that this was possible. I never thought about it. I never wanted that. I've never been religious ever. I'm not religious now. Not and, and if you are great, but I'm not at all. I don't know the Bible. I don't know this book. I don't know that book. None of that. I never followed any of these things and never pursued UFOs or paranormal or this or that or any of it. But they're a thousand percent real. And so, that this so is how did this start is. out? So tell yeah, our audience I, from day one what happened. I will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And everything that's happening now for me is about you and about this world where we are. And nobody escapes this. And believe me, I know what that sounds like because I've heard people in the past say, oh, my God, this is going to happen. And no, but this really is that now. And they really are that. And and it isn't. And it, so so four years ago, um, I, I'm at my house in Malibu, sort of Malibu, San Fernando Valley, California, which is sort of in between a valley and the beach area, certain mountains. And I work from my house outside usually during the day. And this was a day that I was outside. It was clear skies around 12 noon. And um, I had ordered trash cans from the city because one of our trash cans got broken when they came to pick up the trash. And so I'm waiting. The guy pulls up. I'm outside. It's blue skies trash cans get dropped off the guy beeps his horn bap, bap. i'm like hey thank you so much see you see you take care and i go walk down the driveway to grab one of the trash cans and as i'm walking up the driveway to the house 
Uh, I'm facing the house. I just casually kind of look up in the air. And there I see in the air, maybe 100 feet, 200 feet, is something in the air that's stationary. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I'm looking at this thing. It's the size of a small plane. It's not a plane. It's not a helicopter. It's not a drone. There are no wings. There's no propellers. There's no exhaust. There's no sound. And I'm looking at this thing. And I'm staring at it, and I can see this thing. It's maybe a few hundred feet directly above the house, directly in front of me. And, and I'm just staring at this thing. Like, what the fuck is this? And I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing the sun shine off the back like a silver glint when, when, when sun shines on metal. I'm seeing that, and I'm looking at the front, which is facing me, which is dark, like for, you know, in, in the shadow of the sun. So I'm seeing, so I know it's there. I know it's real because I'm seeing the sun shine off the back that's sort of facing the sun and the thing that's facing away, the front of it is dark. Like what, you know, when you see a wall in shadow and I'm looking at this thing, there's no sound, there's no propellers, it's not moving, it's just there. And I'm looking at, it looks like a giant walnut, like sort of that walnut body and that sort of weird walnut sort of head, you know, like a walnut has a kind of like a, almost like a, a cap sort of looking sloping head point. And in on the front of it are these two big things that look like metal steel planks in an X pattern on the front, on one side. So this thing is there 200 feet in the air. I'm seeing the sun off the back shadow, two big pieces of metal on the front. After five minutes, I'm like, holy shit, this is a UFO in my head, in my head, not out loud. And the second I said that, it lights up golden. <clears throat> and it starts doing these golden pulsing light in the sky. I'm looking at this thing. The entire thing is now encased in this golden light. And it looks liquid. And it's pulsing. And it's doing – they just did a blue flash. That's another thing that they do all the time in the car <laughs> all around. Uh, anyways, when they do that, that means basically a man like a – like something that is true and i had that on camera a thousand times that this is something i can tell you about later um this is what i mean by 24 7 here so this thing is in the air it's pulsing it's golden i'm looking at it it's like five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes i'm freaking out i'm like what is I, I, i'm here's the thing when you see something that you have never seen before in your life physically like like in front of you like okay that's the door i can touch the door I can feel it. It's solid. There it is. When you've never seen something in your life physical and then something shows up that's outside of your reality, outside of anything that you've ever seen with your eyes or your brain has ever uh, uh, ascertained as being real, something completely outside of your realm of information that makes up who you are, that makes up your ideas of what reality is, physical reality. You know, you understand that's cement, this is air, that's a human being, that's grass, that's my dog, that's my friend, that's that's skin, this is my mouth, that's a cool breeze, that's water, cool, going down my throat. You understand. But when something shows up outside of that, that your brain has never processed or looked at with your eyes, and you've never had a, percent, a conscious thought about in a, a digestion of understanding, what happens is your brain starts to scramble and look for how to place it. It's a very weird feeling. 
It's very physical and it makes you kind of feel frozen and in a very kind of like almost as if your soul and your body is your is is leaving your your physical body you feel very disconnected it's weird very almost like in a bubble feeling so my brain is racing 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 saying what is this thing what is this thing and then you know 10 minutes 15 minutes holy shit it's a ufo starts doing pulsing I kind of come out of this cognitive dissonance, which I'm describing to you. And I'm like, in my head, oh my God, you're an effing UFO. And the more that I say that, the more that it does pulsing hieroglyphic looking images to me on the face of it, as if the entire thing just went liquid golden. And I watched it for 20 or 30 minutes. And I, and then for some reason I was like, I, wait a minute, I got, I got to get back to work, but how do I leave this moment? You know, I'm like looking around, I want to tell somebody. And then because I did that, it slowly starts to drift higher and higher in the way and then it was gone. And I thought, wow, you know, this, I don't even know how to deal with this emotion right now. This thought, who, what do you do? You know, because of, it's one thing to see stuff on, on in movies. And believe me, I, I, cause I used to think, ah, I've seen this thing a hundred times in pictures and movies and YouTube videos. You know, I know what this is. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to feel like. You don't. You don't. You don't. When you actually have that experience, you have no reference point. And so there's a big learning curve. So what happened was totally blown away. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm like, I know what I just saw. I called my wife. Uh, no, no, I called my mom. I thought I got to share this with my mom. She's sort of my spiritual rock in my life. Had been with me forever through sobriety, getting sober. You know, my mom for almost, you know, 53 years, whatever. Called her told her and she's a very kind of spiritual centered person she freaked out on me got angry at me it totally threw me off i was not expecting that and so did she you know, think you like, were making it yeah. up or crazy or she thought i was on or drugs or back on doing drugs, drugs. Okay. yeah she thought oh she's like are you doing drugs again i go no mom no and so what i did is i immediately processed how freaked out she was and I was able to kind of back it out of it and get out of it and just slowly sort of say, you know what, maybe I saw something I didn't understand what it was or whatever. Don't worry about it. everything's OK. Just, you know, have a beautiful day. I got off and then that night told my wife same reaction. And I was it was weird because, you know, I'm pretty good with people. That's one of the I'm not great with so many, many things I'm not great at. But one of the things I think I'm pretty good at is understanding people and where they're coming from and what could be and could be not appropriate things to tell people. And and these two reactions from two people I love dearly and I felt like I knew through me, you know, because I wasn't expecting my wife to have that reaction. And she did. And so I did the same thing with my wife. I said, don't worry. It's probably wrong. You know, don't worry about it. She was very scared. Freaked her out. Hold on one sec. Okay. And so what happened was, you know, that happened that day. And I was like, okay. And I told my family and I was like, okay, they totally shunned me. It freaked them out. And so I'm in this kind of very weird kind of place, you know, like this is heavy. You know, what do I do with this? Was it a one-off thing? Probably. So what happened was a couple of years before that, and, and then I'll get into the following story is a couple of years before that, I had discovered this guy, Stephen Greer, who's a very famous guy right now in the world for UFOs. He, he was a surgeon for many years. He worked with the Clintons. He's bona fide, re, re, legit. He's done movies like Serious. You should check it out. Your audience are unacknowledged. These are amazing documentaries. These are documentaries 
with presidents, with real CIA heads, heads of armies, military on camera saying UFOs are real. These we have and showing pictures, showing craft. And he takes people on little expeditions where they make contact and, and has it on camera. And it's all there and it's spectacular. And so I had seen these movies a couple of years before this started for me. And uh, I showed my family and I was for whatever reason, I was like on fire when I saw those movies. Like, what? The, wow. That really blew me away. I showed it to my family. They could care less. And uh, and in that movie, there's a protocol that he does, which basically he does this meditation where you close your eyes and anybody can do this. You don't need to do this, but this is something that he did. And so you close your eyes and you kind of see yourself in space. You look around, you see space, you know, you imagine as if you see craft or or you 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 feel like they're out there. So you send them a loving message. You say, I'm sending you love, whoever's out there in the universe. If you hear me, please come visit me. And then you show them yourself in space. You show Earth in your mind's eye. This is all in your mind's eye in like a meditation. You show North America. You show California. You show Los Angeles. You show your town, your street, your house, your backyard. Then you open your eyes. And then you and then they have these laser pointers where they can shoot like a beam, maybe like a half a mile in the sky. And you do these pulses, one, two, three, four. And then his thing on camera, you would have people getting contact and you have all these like people would do the pulses. Then you would see flashes of light back at them in the sky and then craft. And so it was this thing that I had learned. So that next day I thought, you know what, fucking I'm going to go buy myself a laser pointer, see what happened. It was probably a one off thing, you know, that that day before (laughs) during the day. But, you know, you never know. So I did that. I had it. I kind of had it in my drawer in the kitchen. It's that night. Everybody's going to bed. You know, I'm making, I made dinner, everyone go to sleep. I'm done with the dishes. I thought, you know what? I want to go out in the backyard. I'm going to try this. I, I don't think anything's going to happen, but I'm going to try it. You know, I kind of felt like it was almost doing like a drug deal because it was such this like little secret thing that I was doing. And I, I'd been sober for a while. So I go in the backyard and I, I close my eyes. I see myself in space. I see Earth, North America, California, Los Angeles, City, Malibu, street house thing. Open my eyes. I do the pulses. Bum, bum, bum. I wait. I'm looking up the sky, clear skies, stars everywhere. Nothing. I thought, ah, okay, all right. I try it one more time. Nothing. I thought, ah, this is ah, fuck, whatever. So our 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 grass. We have a backyard with grass, and then you sort of walk under the power line, which is about maybe six and a half, seven feet, you know, in the in the air, you know. And then there's like a little brick thing that goes to the kitchen door, and then you get into the house. So as I'm walking, I walk. When I walked out, the the power line. There was nothing on the power line. Nothing anywhere. After I had just finished that, I'm walking on the grass to the bricks to get to the kitchen door to go into the house. And as I go under the power line, I hear this, whoo, whoo, whoo. And I like, I, I turn around, I'm like, what the fuck? And I turned around, I look up at the power line, and there on the power line is maybe, maybe a five and a half, six foot owl. And I freaked out. I jump back. I'm like, what the fuck? And I turn around. I run to the door, which is maybe a few steps from where that brick starts. I turn around and look back. It's gone. And you've and never thought, seen owls you know, before in that area? And... Not not a six-foot owl. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's have, a large, large owl. I mean, I've never seen a six-foot owl. five and a half. Two to three yeah, feet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's like a couple feet, three feet. This was literally massive. And... So I've thought, heard okay. about this before in other cases. Yeah. Like I've read some books where they've had people describe owls in their dreams. And, okay. Well, yeah, because birds in particular, hawks and owls, but all life, all nature, but birds, birds of prey especially, are very close to who they are. 
and connection to them. Um, but all life is because they are the creators of, of life. And so at that point, I didn't know that. So I'm there that night. I turn around the owl thing. I run to the door, grab the handle in my head says, why don't you try one more time? So I turned around to look and the owl's gone. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to grab my balls. I'm going to, I'm going to get a little courage. I'm going to try this one more time. So I go out into the grass, close my eyes. I'm in space in my mind's eye in that meditation, send out love and respect and say, please, I'd love to see you again. You know, uh, please come visit me. And I see earth. I see North America. I see California. I see Los Angeles. I see my, my, my town, my city, my house, my street, my backyard. I see me. I open my eyes. I grab the laser pointer. I do one, two, three, four. And before I got to four, like four huge pulses above my head, perfect circles, maybe a hundred feet in the air. I'm like, Oh my God, like, like perfect circles, the size of helicopter, the sky lights up like a white silver, white light, perfect circle. I freak out. I'm like, Oh my God, Daniela, you got to come out here. That's my wife, Danielle, come, come Four, you know, one, two, three, four. And she runs out. I'm like, look, 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 look. She looks up in the sky. You see this, zip of light maybe 50 feet 100 feet above my head which is darker than the night sky almost as if somebody takes a black pen in the sky and does a line in this across the sky like does a cut so you see that you see this black line darker than the night sky this line you know and then another four ten, five pulses ten pulses Danielle is looking up at this thing and what, bah, color, bah, what bah, color are these pulses are they like they're white or? I, I would say bright white with a little bit of a silver in them. So okay. wh- white light with almost like a silver outer ring uh, kind of thing. And uh, she freaks out. She's like, I don't know what that is, but it's scaring me, runs into the house. So, you know, that went on that night there at that moment, 10, 15 pulses, and then they're gone. And so I, I'm standing there in the dark. I'm like, wow, that wow, that just happened. I don't know what is going on. I don't know what this means, but I'm like exhilarated, totally freaked out, scared, happy, all of these things. Nothing they did was scary, but because it's really happening, it's scary, you know, because you, you you know, so I go to the house and my wife is like, I'm like, hey, isn't that amazing? I I told you that half, you know, she's like, I don't want to talk about it. So she shut it down. So, so what she's happened? She's totally then, freaked the fuck out at this point. She doesn't even want to yeah, acknowledge it happened. Yeah. Okay. No, it doesn't want to acknowledge it happened. Doesn't want to talk about it. So what happened for me basically is that from those two days, from that point, they have now they've been with me for four years, every single day, twenty four seven. And so how it started was like that, and then the next what what they do is they in the beginning they want to catch, especially in my situation, in terms of a relationship, if somebody who's, you know, they want to first capture somebody's attention by doing stuff that you is not supposed to exist in our physical reality. That's so UFOs, these kinds of things and, and, and different things that I'll describe to you. That's first to capture your attention, to break the stranglehold of the material world that has on people's consciousness of what is real and what is not. Because when you see this in front of your face, you know, you, ha- you have to question everything. You go, there it is. That's real. It's here. That's not supposed to exist. 
okay, then what does the rest of my understanding of this world mean, the physical material world? Maybe I've been lied to. Maybe I've been lied to. Maybe there's another truth that exists, another true world, physical world, the true natural world, which is my, you know. So from that night happened, for the next two weeks, every single day, pulses of light like that. I would go out at dusk. I would do the laser. You'd have the pulse, you know, and then that was for two weeks. And then I, and then, and then the following two weeks, then you started to, uh, they would add something. So I'd be standing in my driveway. You'd have the pulses of light and then 10 feet above my head, a shooting star, the size of a baseball. So you'd see, I'm standing in the driveway, 10 feet above my head in front of me from nothing You'd see, you know, in a straight line going from like, let's say, uh, I don't know, right to left. You'd see like a doorway open up the size of, let's say, a catcher's mitt in the air, maybe six feet, seven feet, 10 feet off the ground. And this golden ball of sparkling light that would have an exhaust looking and a burning smell to it would (laughs) would shoot across in front of you. And I had to call it a shooting star because it looks exactly like a shooting star and then disappeared. So and this, then you'd have, and that's like a and dimensional that start, thing then at this point, like they're bringing well, stuff well, out of yeah, not but what our we have actual to, physical existence, but creating well, but, it from something yeah. else, or is it coming from a ship? Well, I'm, I'll, I'll explain it to you. I'll okay. explain it to you. The truth is, the truth is that, that, that is not true. That, that, that all life, there is a true natural world, which I call the world of energy and consciousness, which is really our divine creator, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, but they are both, they are both God, the actual biblical God. I know people are going to have a hard time with it, but I'm telling you the truth. And they are many, they they refer to themselves as the we, and they are many. Maybe I should just let you keep on with the story. I feel like I'm asking questions that are, you're going to explain further later down. So it's okay. I'm happy to answer or whatever. But what I'm trying to tell you is, all natural life is a part of them, like 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 grass sprouting from the dirt. You know, they are the dirt and all life, and we are a blade of grass. We are a droplet of water. They are the ocean, and every life form is a droplet of water, and they are each droplet. God, they are many. We have when you think of angels and God, don't think of angels as separate as God. They're one. And, and there are many, there are millions and millions of creators who are the biblical God and one sent, they come together as one sentient God to in all space. And all. They just did a blue flash. I'm sitting in the car. It's 146. This is another thing they do all the time when they're saying, yes, Christopher, amen to that. Like, that's the truth. And so they'll do it on camera. I can show people. It's not me making things up. They're physically with you, with me, all life at all times and all space. The only thing that happens is we come into this world and we're taught that we're separate from each other. That isn't the truth of who we are. Our true physicality is energy and consciousness, little balls of light. That's who we truly physically are. And those little balls of light are like connected to a giant quilt of different colors. The quilt is God. And also the different colors as you, me, a blade of grass, a bird, a tree, a baby, the ocean, a fish, the sky. They are everything in all space and separate people at the same time with all life. It's duality, but it's really the truth of who we are. And, and when we're born into this world, 
you know, we, we, we are taught the world of materialism, which is from evil and is not from them. And so, you know, hold on, my wife is walking by, I'm standing out talking loud, it threw, my, threw me off. So let me get back to the, the, the story, but, but to answer your question, you know, it's not so that when people say, oh, it's a dimensional thing, that's materialism seen through the lens of spirituality, sold to humanity to take us away from God, away from who we are naturally, which is always physically connected with them, all the time and all life and each other and separate consciousness at the same time. We're never separated. You're never separated from your loved ones who pass on. You're never separated from your pets, from any life form that's natural. We perceive them not there because their form changes because the way that we only re and this is something that they taught me recently, which is the reason we die is because our physical bodies can't get back to the heaven, which is this other earth connected to the earth that we're at. I know this sounds crazy. Think of a figure eight. We, this material world is one earth and then there's another earth connected to this earth that is heaven, that is them and heaven and all life, which is a pure nature world. And so the only reason we die is because our bodies can't make that cross and we can't take, we can't travel, you know, from California to New Zealand on our own. We got to take a plane. Think of death that way. We never die. We're never separated. Only thing that changes is physical form. So when you say, is it a dimensional thing? Uh, no, it's not because they, they, the air around each one of us is them and is alive in all space. Hold on one second, an helicopter flying over. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but so uh, I mean, it's, on, it's just... no crazier than than secular religions. If you just think mm. about the base, you know, sure. tenets yeah. of them. I mean, it's it's yeah. no more silly to sure. a regular person than. Yeah, I don't mean it's crazy. I'm doing that to be self-effacing. Okay. I know that it's a thousand percent real because the only thing that I tell you is what I physically experience and document every day with them. You're just you telling, know? And you're so, telling our listeners it's hard to wrap their, their heads around that's that. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, because the only reason I can even document this to you verbally is because I've lived it now four years every day with them. So getting back to that time, they would do the shooting stars. Then they started doing these things called Tinkerbell lights where I would be outside. It would be dusk. I didn't know who they were at this point. I didn't know that they were God. I didn't know. You know, I just thought something crazy fucking gnarly is happening. UFOs and all this shit. I didn't know what was going on. So they would do the flashes of light. They would do start doing the shooting stars every day. And then they would do these Tinkerbell lights that you would hear this like and then you see this little like fairy dust, sparkling golden fairy dust, two feet above your head, all over the little sky above you. And I filmed it and it was like Tinkerbell, you know, when she flies in Wonderful World of Disney. That's what it looked like to me. And so then they repeated that every single day for weeks on weeks. And then what happened is I started waking up with marks on my body. I started waking up with scoop marks out of my shins. I started waking up with, you know, a thousand dots within a circle, within a circle on my, on my, uh, like on my, like my, where my, my ankles on both ankles. And, and then I, you know, and then, and then, and then more stuff started happening. Then like one day, like maybe three months into it, um, my whole life, I looked at the, the night sky, I see stars in the sky. They look thousands of miles away like everybody else. But now 
I wake up that day, that night. I look at the night sky. The stars look 10 feet over my head, literally 20 feet, 100 feet over my head. And then I start to see them moving. And I'm like, what has happened to me? Am I having a psychotic break? What's going on? And I, and from that point on, that's never changed. And so they were changing me. They were changing me. I was starting to see as they see. The planes in the sky look like little toys. The reason the sky, the stars look 20 feet over my head is because they're infinite beings. That's how big they are. They're allowing me to start to feel. And I started to love nature and all life desperately every day like weeping over fallen bees and and not wanting to be that way but having to take care of all the animals and all the thing and be with them 24 7 and i know it sounds crazy but i started to take on their love for all life and see as they suit that that's not to say i'm god they are i'm not but you there are aspects of this that and i have that on camera i have me reaching up to the stars in the sky that you would think are stars that are not that are actually parts of this gate there are many ufos all throughout the night sky that look like stars in the sky they have little lights on them that twinkle that look like starlight they're not they're not stars and i have myself on camera and many videos of them me reaching up to them saying show the people who you are show the people that you're the mishkuk i call it that's yiddish for family but that that you're the alpha the omega that you're god show them and then you see my hands reaching up to the stars. You see the stars in the sky start to descend down to my outstretched hand, not touching my finger, but maybe fifth of my hand. And then slowly descend up into the night sky, Orion's belt, everything. And then I started to understand even deeper lessons about who they are, their physicality, where we are, what they've created. And this came over four years. And so in that time, now the stars are descending to my hands on camera, shooting. So all this stuff is happening. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't know they were God. I didn't know who they I'm like, what is happening to me? Then I start taking pictures of the biblical, biblical symbols of God, uh, of these triangles with open ends, with dashes at the tip. And then I wake up the, that night. I took these pictures right up two feet above the roof in this mist energy they create this mist energy and they fill it with color and it's and it looks like smoke or mist but it's not it's it's energy that they create that use and i have it on camera two feet above my head this triangle with an open base and a dash at the tip going right and i wake up the next morning i have one big one one small one carved in my chest the same symbols and then i get the same symbols i get these lines going across my gut and boxes in them which are the symbol for dimension and so i start taking these pictures and looking these things up and these things are showing up on my body the next day and it's just craziness and uh and so you know i'm standing outside just for a second um so this stuff's still going on oh, and, and and more and more and more and more and 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 i start getting this healing gift of which is really their energy uh it's not me each one of us can do this it's it's when you start to have your reality peeled back and you start to get taught with an open mind, childlike wonder, and you surrender what you think you know, and you start this relationship with them. And I'm teaching people to do this. I, it's, it's, this is why I'm having this relationship is because of where we are in this world and what's coming down. 
and why they started in this in the first place. So, so much has happened. So let me skip ahead. So, so all of this happened this first year. It was a schooling from them. This whole thing has been a schooling, but this was the basics again. This is who we are. You know, they didn't actually teach me, but this is, we're here, you know, starting to give me an idea who they are, starting to teach me about consciousness, starting to teach me how everything is connected, things separates, there's no separation, everything affects everything. And, 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 and then, you know, hundreds of UFOs on camera and then beings of light and then changing my eyesight and starting to see thousands of orbs and spirit and all this thing 24 seven being touched and talked to and just this whole thing changing. And it was, it was harrowing, you know, those couple of years I was struggling thinking, Fuck, man, I might, I, am I losing? I, I think I'm going to lose my shit. You know, this is gnarly. I don't know. I, you know, and I was still working, still doing everything, but it was just more and more and more and more and more and more. And I still didn't know really who they were, but I started to get an idea. And I didn't know why me, why are you here 24 seven, not leaving on camera more and more every couple of weeks, more and more, but every day. And why, 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 you know, and talking to them every minute telepathically, just all of it, all of it. And then about a year into it, I'm standing, you know, and, and, and there was this also this whole other thing going on, these military jets every single night that's still with this 24 seven that fly in silent and that hover in the middle of the sky and have this on camera, you know, and the other craft flying with them that are not planes are not drones are, are UFOs, but are not from the good guys, our creator family, which I didn't know who they were, but are something different. I have that on camera, hundreds of videos, pictures, and it was just crazy. And so about a year into it, I'm like, I'm watching these military sensors and I, and these sensors are these long metal planks and they have a red sensor that's in the shape of a Christmas tree, red, yellow, white. They're long planks, like think, look of like, think of a ladder, but as a single steel plank, and then uh, in the shape of a Christmas tree, so like that sort of triangle pyramidal shape, what looks like a red electrical, like, like a sensor, like an antenna or a yellow one, slowly gliding through the sky, two, 300 feet in the air, every hour on the hour, like clockwork every night for four years back and forth, sometimes two, at no, not sometimes, one at a time, the two at a time three at a time together, one high, one medium, one low. So one maybe a thousand feet, one maybe six hundred feet, another one maybe two, three hundred feet. And sort of sparse and then seeing what looked like some kind of dragnet energy thing on camera in between them. And I later learned that this was evil looking for our creator family, using these sensors that are patrolling the skies, waiting for their return. And I know so all of this stuff, so a year into it, I'm seeing all this stuff and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I said, you know, this is really gnarly. I love being with you guys. This is amazing. But what is this other shit? That really scares me. These sensors and all this stuff. It's very kind of dystopic and very, I don't understand what's going on. And I said, are we going to get through this? What What's going on? And, and they said, most won't. And I said, what do you mean most one? I said, what, you know, what's going on? You don't want to know. I, I said, I don't want to know if it's going to scare me and terrify me. I don't want to know. I said, but, you know, is some of us going to get through? And they said, yes. And that's all I knew at that first year. 
And then that second year, and this was maybe a year and a half before the coronavirus or any of these things, they started telling me, excuse me, I had to take some water. I started journaling in my journal and I thought, and I was, as I'm writing this stuff, I think I'm absolutely out of my fucking mind. This is just total insanity, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to write it, you know, because I hear them telling me, write this, write this. A war is coming. A war is coming in the battlefield of humanity's consciousness. A war between God and evil. A war being fought through perception, through influence, through perception over one thing, over choice. Does humanity choose naturally to go on with us and all natural life as we are from the beginning into infinity? All natural cycles in place. Or does does humanity choose this evil that is coming as the saviors of Earth through health, through technology, through climate, through sexuality, but really wanting to own, kill all life that comes from us naturally, but own, makes humanity slaves, own our consciousness, own our minds, own our body, spirit, soul, through technology, using isolation, technology, media, um, viruses. I mean, just everything I was writing down that to start. I, I had no idea about any of it. So I'm writing all this down. I'm looking at it. I'm thinking the battlefield and humanity's consciousness, like what? Come on. You know, like this is, I gotta be making this shit up. I, I gotta be, I'm not trying to, but maybe I've just fucking lost the plot, but I'm going to write it down. I did it. You know, I made all these notes and I started making videos, putting them up anyways, verbatim. Everything now is unfolding verbatim that this is an attack. This all life is to be killed. Now they're not going to let that happen because, you know, and I say to them, I say, they're the alpha and the omega. They're my mishpuka. They're the divine angel creators. They're God. They've created all life. And they say, no, not all life's most, you know, but what is going down, you know, and then I would do these more videos of like, you know, you know, just, just, you know, they're taking all freedoms and, you know, just, just everything that we see in this world. I'm sorry, the car just pulled up. And so these things started happening. I made these videos. I made many of them saying these exact things, not from me, but from them. And they, these things started to unfold and, you know, and it was just crazy, you know, it's just crazy watching this all unfold. And, and I'm still in this process of learning like who they are, and what's going on and so, real yeah quick question ahead. so year one you're seeing mostly lights or or things moving or things like that and you're you're kind of interacting back and forth at this point in time in year two are they are you getting these ideas from them in your head or are you actually physically asking them questions and and they're flashing lights still like how how are these ideas coming to you yeah, they're more than lights. Um, you know, they're actual angels with big wings, and and okay. they're, they they have different forms. They have columns of light. You know, so f- like, you know, from the ground into space, you see these giant columns next to me. You know, side by side, rows of columns in front of me, side of me, back of me going, you know, in the house in the back of me and then going from this, the driveway into space. And these columns of light are maybe the size of a couple telephone poles wide. 
and you see faces in those columns of light. And I have videos of me on camera going, show the people you're real. And you see <clears throat> all this big thing of smoke just out of nowhere appears around me, twisting and turning. And it's like an angel's face <clears throat> and wings. And they're there and pictures, of, you know, so it's more than just these kind of like lights. No, it's actual. So I have, and they have a few different forms and they have these blue purple orb form. So physicality wise that way, but also connection wise and speaking wise, audible voices speaking to me as well as, you know, the, the way that, you know, people say downloads, but you know, they, um, you get hit with this, a feeling it's, it's, it's an emotional feeling that you get hit with. That's outside of your feeling, your personal state at that moment, you get hit with this awareness and a feeling. And in that is all this information as well as talking moment to moment all through the day and night to them hearing an audible voice and the way that you know that is you're asking a question and before you can finish asking the question as you're speaking the last word their answer overlaps okay in your head and you hear okay. that you know so that's a, that was my big question when you you've talked to yeah. me in the past you know texted me some stuff i was that was one of my questions i wrote down like how yeah how directly are they communicating and and uh, so your wife at this point in two the, years in, is she like interacted with him as well? Or no, did she just kind of give up after that first night and kind of got scared and didn't want no, to talk about it? Yeah. The way this is about choice. This is an end time. Okay. We're in the end times, the biblical end times and, and, the, and, the, and we're at time of judgment and the judgment is this. And I'm not talking religion. I'm talking about only what they've taught me, only what they tell me. They don't want people to come to them with religion. They want you to put it all aside. Man has owned, they told me, man has owned religion for a long time to enshrine dogma, to lead humanity away from us. We are not religion. There are amazing divine truths in those books from us, but that those books, that way has been owned by evil for a long time to separate humanity from us. We don't need humanity to, to jump through hoops and do backflips to be with us. It's about a surrender of what you think you know, not giving away who you are, but being having that childlike wonder, like a child that's excited to play for the first time or discovering something, that state with an open, loving heart and giving them the respect and love that they deserve because they gave you the gift of life. This is about the gift of life and protecting that and innocence and their divine culture and ways, which is family and everything that we have that is good about our life, not materialism, anything connected to that. So this is this time period is about them allowing evil to completely come out of the shadows and just kill and destroy everything. Not everything, they're not gonna allow it all to go, but to kill innocent children through these shots, to normalize pedophilia, to, you know, destroy the family to raise you know this you know what adults do on their own that's fine but to create a sexual way of being and say this is the new normal and to jam it down people's throats and to separate and imprison people around it who don't maybe want to co-sign that or destroying innocence giving children books with teaching them about anal sex and and blowjobs and fucking and and all this 
shit that is adult at, to a three-year-old as the new curriculum in their school books, there's something very off going on in terms of the babies don't know what superhero color they like from day to day. How are they going to know if they are a boy or a girl or this or that? And yet the government is allowing babies, children to do cut their genitals off their, their, their breasts, their, their vaginas, their, their penises without parental consent and to choose, you know, so there's total every inversion and the, and everything that you hold as normal and sacred, but most normal way of thinking of good people, good ideals, what comes from, you know, all of those great, beautiful things that we know is good. What now is happening through this great reset, which is connected to this ancient evil, which is about this war between our creator family and those who stand for them and protect them and all life. And the way that you do that is you you go out at night and start this relationship by reaching out, you know, but and then ultimately people have different versions of that. But the judgment is who sits back and allows this darkness to unfold and says nothing or and who stands up for innocence and life and their divine culture and ways. And those that do will be protected and those that don't won't. And ultimately, they are going to return physically to humanity's awareness where everyone is like, there's no question who they are. And they will return. One day we'll wake up and those stars that I tell you I have on camera that descend down to my outstretched hands, hundreds of those videos moving above, uh, two feet above the house, a star in the sky, those same stars that are not stars, one day we're going to wake up and we're going to see stars all throughout the daytime sky. And they're not going to leave. And that's then the return of their physical awareness to everybody. To answer your question, Daniela or anybody, to get to where I am, you have to go to the process. And you have to willingly make that choice to follow them. Because they are not going to impede. Even on – they just did a big blue flash now in the car just there. Uh, they're not going to impede on individuals' free will. Even if they're delusional about their ideas about life and ethics, even if they're totally fucking wrong about and, and, and wrong about shit that's going to fuck their own life up, they're not going to come in like a wrecking ball and say, we're God and you need to do that. That's not how they are. They love us so much, so much. This just just love us that they want us to have free will and make the choices to follow our own delusions. And only if we reach out to them and say, please, I don't know if you're real. But I, I want to know if you're real. I want to have a connection with you. Not religion. Fuck that. Put that aside. If you love religion, that's fine. I'm not saying fuck religion. I'm just saying they're not asking you to do religion. What they want you to do is, you know, if you do and you don't give up and you do that every night, even if it's for an hour at night, you put the technology away, close your eyes, little meditation. You say, hey, I don't know if you're real. I really, though, if you, I want to feel peace. I want to feel connected. If you are real, if, if you are God. Please, I, I want to have this relationship with you. And they want an intimate surrender to them, and that, uh, and and not surrender of everything that's good about you, but put what you think you know aside, put put what your your ego aside, put what your your bravada about what you think the world is aside. Be childlike, have wonder, have love. If you do that every night, and you ask. They'll eventually. And they're going to watch you for a while because they only want people that are willing to have this relationship who are going to stand up eventually now and do something.
you know, because this is an information war. This is a war about consciousness. Everything is everything physical that materializes in the world is through consciousness starts in our heads. So shaping people, shaping, they just did another big blue flash, shaping people, worlds, toppling worlds is about changing hearts and minds. That's the battlefield. And so we have to understand that, you know? And so if you, if you do that and you don't give up and you don't just try it for a couple times, but you really try and you say, this is going to be part of my life from here on in. And you don't put an expectation on it. Eventually they're going to come to you and you're going to start to feel such a profound sense of peace that it's outside of anything that you've ever experienced physically, mentally. It's not you doing it. And then from there, that's just the starting point. And so my wife, you know, here's the thing about my wife. No, she hasn't yet. She has asked me for many years, their guidance and everything I've ever told her has come true and every, and it's all been good. And now only now, you know, after she hadn't listened to me in many ways and did some things that really fucked herself up only now is she starting to ask and surrender. She's a very prideful lady, good lady, good lady, great lady, but very, very strong minded. So not only now is she starting and guess what? Now it's happening for her. Now it's changing this sense of peace in her that she's never had in her life. Now that she finally, 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 finally has run her own thing into the ground enough. Surrendered now enough. Now she, she starts. And, and it happened pretty quick. So now she's having that experience and it's like, and her whole attitude towards me has changed. You know, so it's you, changed because she, she knows it's real. She knows they're real. So she knows they're right here. You yeah. mentioned a while ago, you said that, uh, it's a, it's not necessarily a spiritual war. It's a conscious, conscious war. It's, and then you also said that they, they're not separate. That's okay. Just that you're it's one and the same. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, you said to, that it's a, yeah. uh, it's almost like a reset. So at one time, did humanity, as we know it, have no. a consciousness that was more in tune with them? And then over time, it just got tainted and it's getting worse and worse. Let, is that what you're saying? No, let me explain what I'm saying. Okay. There is a group in the world that has something called the Great Reset, and that's happening now. And who's a part of it? They're called the Davos group. These people are connected to ancient evil and they are transhumanists. And these okay. people, these people are the head of Germany, the head of Google, Facebook, Gates, uh, Biden. They're all on record. They're all a part of the Trudeau from Canada, Newsom. They're called the global young leaders and their whole the energy and all the mandates that you see, the open borders, the energy, the supply chain, the food collapse, which is all by design, are in their books, COVID and the Great Reset, which this guy Klaus Schwab just put out. What they want to do, what they're doing, you know, is they want to totally annihilate the middle class so that there is nobody that can oppose them. And eventually, over time, which they're doing now, is they want to bring 
everybody to their knees financially. And all of the things that you see happening in this world are connected to go lead back to the Davos group, the Great Reset, transhumanism, eugenics. Look it up. It's not made up. It's real. It's in their papers. It's in their books. They want to. The Great Reset is about destroying our society worldwide. They're outlying beef. Did you know that? They're doing that. So they're saying to farmers all around the world, that's why there are riots in Sri Lanka, there are riots in Holland, there are riots here. They're saying to farmers, now you have to slaughter 30% of your cows because beef is now illegal. They're getting rid of beef because the methane is hurting the climate. It's all bullshit. But it's meant to create this dystopia where everybody is in this position where they're totally desperate they have no food they have no money they have no nothing and then what they do then is they offer a universal income and they're also doing you know this bill just got passed it's going into action in december which all the central banks are moving our currency into digital currency that digital currency will be issued by the by the by the I guess, you know, the government, our government, the, you know, the, this governments of the world. But basically what they can do is it's not going to be like money where we can spend it as we please. They're going to charge this money with credits on where you can spend it. And it's going to be tied to something called a social credit score, which China is doing now. Now, if all of those things happen, I'm not sure if they will, because nothing is nothing because this is a war between God and evil. We are in constant change movement back and forth position shifting etc but this is all real i i urge your audience to not believe me but to go research what i'm telling you if you go these fucking people they want to kill your kids they want to kill your animals they're saying that you they, in their books they're saying you got to kill all your animals because they're 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 creating too much co2 that's the gas of life the, the fact that they're saying that carbon dioxide, you know, whatever, CO2 is, is some kind of a poison of gas is total inversion. If you uh, when you look at any kind of world that has tons of CO2, you have giant trees, giant animals, total overflowing, happy, healthy. You know, it's just insanity. And by the way, the same people. Did you know? OK, 90 percent of the bugs. 70% of the animal, 85% of the soil, 90% of the bugs gone, 70% of the wildlife gone forever. Now they can bring them back, but, but in this physical world gone, 80% of the soil worldwide gone from geoengineering, from chemtrails, which they say are conspiracy. But now the governments of the world are actually coming out and saying, well, they're not conspiracy. We're actually doing it. But then you call them on it and, and, and they say, oh, it's conspiracy. But it's the truth. But then you have heads of CIA saying, we, you know, talking about their cloud seeding programs and et cetera. They never wanted these people, the same people that are bombing the skies with chemtrails are the same people saying that we want the earth needs to heal. They're responsible for it. You know, of course, there needs to be healing. But 99 percent of the shit that's going down is caused by what they're doing. It's not these they want to put it on humanity so that people they can push this agenda of transhumanism push this agenda of tracking and tracing each individual i can go on more and more and more but just you know it this it's it's not made up anything i tell you you know and and you can write it off like ah he's crazy it's just conspiracy that's bullshit 
don't listen to me. Go research it. Go. I mean, a lot of our listeners will probably say that that sounds like a lot of talking points for conspiracy theories that are ultra right wing, or you yeah, know, yeah. they're gonna go, they're gonna go try to label it. So, how would you react? Or I would say this is not about right or left wing. This is about life, and they're trying to put those kinds of ideas and arguments on this so that people don't come together and just put our differences aside and say, let's put all of our differences aside and explore if this is real together under our creator with, with, with not saying forget religion, forget this under life being under the protecting of all life. Let's not get caught up in the minutia of right wing, left wing, this, that, the other thing, because none of that matters. The only thing that matters is protecting life. Let's follow this to its conclusion to really see if it's real. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But but it's not about me being right. It's about this is what they're doing. Let's come together and research it and see. They should research Agenda 2030. Or they can just witness it unfolding. And there are going to be many, 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 as our, our creators have told me, most of the world doesn't make it. Only 15, they tell me 10 to 15% are coming through this. So I'm trying to do this to tell people, hey, this is real. They're real. You do have a creator. You do have a God. There is only one law, biblical law. There is only one creator them. You are created by them. There is divine culture and law and goodness. And and you need to reach out to them because this is coming down. And you're going to have to choose a side. You're going to have to choose a side. You're either going to choose them or you're going to choose this darkness, which is posing as your savior. And this darkness is going to just fucking eat you alive. And I'm not making any of it up. I destroyed my, you know, I mean, you think that I want to go out and and make a podcast and talk about this stuff, what coming from where I'm coming from and just totally risk it all my entire life, my reputation, just put it all on the line because I want to just fucking torpedo myself. No, this is real. And I'm just trying to let people know I want people to make it. I want people to be prosperous. I don't need to control people's ideas. I want them to live and be free. But all life should be lived and be free and be protected and innocence. And the creators honored and loved and know that we don't, you know, just spring out of thin air, that there is a history and there is a connection and there is actually divine law and natural law. So. That's what I would say. Okay. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of some questions I was thinking of earlier, and <laughs> they're eluding me. I, <laughs> I did have a question because uh, you you said it's not one creator like we would look at as like God, like there's a head of it. It's all of life or all of all of that energy together. There's no. a we. Right. So what I would okay. say is this. Okay. You know, t- traditionally, people think of God as a, as a, an old man in a chair. Yeah, you know, like yeah, a yeah. the ruling. You know, they are they are there is a God. They are God. They are the Alpha and the Omega. There is they are the ruling force of all life, most life, the creators of all and time. Has always been. Space. It's like always infinity. Been. Okay, right from the beginning to the end. That's who they are. But you you have to think of them as a, a council of of millions. Of each one is an individual creator, biblical God. They are angel creator gods. There are many of them together as a council. 
they are the we, as they refer to themselves. So when you, they are God, they, and they can come together as one sentient force as that biblical God, but they also are individual, millions and millions of individual creators as the columns of light, angel creator, you know, they, they're in all space and all air. So they're individuals, millions and millions, like, like a council of millions, but also can come together as one sentient creator as the biblical God that we sort of understand and know, you know, but just minus the old man in the chair thing. Um, and we, ex and they are a physical landscape of all air, all space, all worlds, and those individuals at the same time, people. So they are multiple things. And, and you seeing, you seeing these, uh, what you described as UFOs and people that have seen UFOs before, are things that maybe our brains process as solid objects, but they're more energy that they can form into different things that we possibly recognize or. Yeah, they absolutely can do that. I have okay. them do they, do, they do plasma owls and hawks, but they can create anything, okay. you know, but they have physical craft that I have on camera, but they also have energetic craft. You also have to think of energy as like steel or wood energy and consciousness okay. it's a physical malleable material so they're not they're not like actually making these things somewhere to travel here from another galaxy this is like well, that i don't know i don't know those okay. kinds of answers i don't know i only know what i see and touch and feel and, gotcha. and film and talk to them about uh but i have many many different types of craft they have this giant hawk craft because they're one of their true forms is this giant hawk i have them flying over my head as a giant hawk with a human body, like a big as a like a Volkswagen, the size of a Volkswagen, freaked me out. I fucking jumped back twenty feet. I'm like, what the fuck? And I and I and I flew over my head, giant wingspan, but like a human torso. And I have a still photograph of them appearing that way outside of the kitchen, right, you know, right above me. Um, but they can that 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 same material that is this ethereal energy, mist energy that I've described before. They are in all space and all air with you right now in front of your face, all around you. You have to think of the air that is in this earth all around you, me, life, the ocean, the sky, the air in all around that that air is actually filled with aliveness and beings and people and is almost like an ocean uh, with all this life swimming. All We just can't see it, but it's there that it can be filmed. Yeah and touched and heard and but we just have this perception that we're separate and that there's nothing there it's just air it's not that's not the truth of how things really are and we are physically enmeshed with that air which is our god I mean, it's almost like native american cer certain native american tribes touched on that you know where they have i'm sure there there's life and everything and we're all interconnected that's absolutely the truth and that's the truth and that's okay. what I see with my eyes physically every single min minute of my life. I literally, wherever I look, I see this blue pulsing orb energy, which is them, which also those orbs turn into these giant columns of light going from the ground in space with faces in them and, and people and uh, on camera and pictures and everywhere, you know, and, and my physical day to day life experiences, I feel as if I'm in this bubble of energy that's all in every corner nook and cranny of my body and my fingers my palms my underneath my arms holding me 
as if I'm swimming through like gel energy, walking through gel energy. That's my new normal experience for years now. That's them. That's their physicality. And that's part of the process that you go through with them is when they expand your consciousness and teach you there's no such thing between the dream state and the physical world. And they take you in and out of a dreams, an awake state and a sleeping state conscious. They take you in and out of that state conscious until you realize, holy shit. I'm awake, but I'm in a dream state, but I'm awake. You know, I'm, 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 my eyes are open, but then my eyes are closed, but I'm awake. And, you know, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's all a process of peeling the onion of this physical world that we've been taught that we're separate from each other, that, that the bee is different from a fly, different from us. No, there's an actual skin between you and the bee, between you and the fish, between you and the cloud, between you and me, between the grass, there's a skin, a connective tissue that is, that is our lifeblood, that is our creator, that is there physically, and that's very real. And so, and so, you know, there's no escaping that, that, and that's why, you know, people can be very hopeful and very excited to know that, there is no death, the only form changes, that there is no separation from our loved ones, only form changes, not our conscious, not who we are, not any of that, just our physical form, you know, and uh, there's so much more out there, you know, we just, but it's all tied to our willing, our free will and our, our, our ideas of what we think are real, because mm -hmm. if we don't, you know, they're not going to intrude on anybody who doesn't agree or isn't open to experiencing something different. They're not going to intrude on that person's understanding of what his world is or her world is because they're going to allow them because they love us and our free will to experience our life how we want to because it's tied to free will and our choice. But if we ask them for help, hey, please help me understand what really is from your perspective. So they're kind then, of asking you to get this message out a little bit that's right. and, and bring that's more right. people. Okay. That's right. That's exactly right. That's just why so our, I'm doing our listeners know you're not you're not in it for money. You're not trying to do a new movie. You're not starting a cult. You're, I mean, it's nope. just it's nope. just a message. No, Believe no it or not. I don't make. There's no money. There's no nothing. There's no anything. My greatest wish in life is that people don't believe me, but try for themselves and see that I'm telling them the truth because I'm looking to save humanity and save life. I'm not saying that I can save humanity, but I, if I can be a small part in helping people realize that they do have a God, that they do have a creator, that there is this entire family of life standing with them 24 seven, just outside of their eyesight. And all that it takes is their a willingness, an open heart, and a shift in consciousness and perception. And then the follow-through of not giving up because darkness and evil is real, very. And will do everything it can to persuade you to not do that. So to distract you. you know, go ahead. This darkness, is that something that's always been there as well? Or did it, like, once they created all of the life, did it slowly start changing because of I, the free will possibly I, as far as for me i had three and a half years with them with nothing negative and then when i started doing my podcast which again is on Podbean, p-o-d-b-e-a-n pod bean mm -hmm. it's called the return it's called the return of god and angels with christopher peters it's free you can just check it out it's totally free 
uh, when I started doing that and I really started to paint the picture of here's what's coming. This is a transhuman consortium of all the leaders in the world and the billionaires who think of the rest of the people as useless eaters and want to transform, kill all life, children, test their technology for their life extension on us as an open air lab experiment, killing more people have died in, um, let me see, more people have died from these shots than in all the history of all the actuaries in their entire history and in, 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 in a short period of time. And there's so many different things going down like about COVID, that. COVID shots. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that okay. too much because we're kind of winding now, but, but what I'm saying is, what was I saying? Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. I was asking about the evil. Is it, it always? Oh, been right, 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 right. Yeah. 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 Sorry. So for me, with them there was it was just nothing but amazing i mean there were some scary moments in the beginning because i didn't know they were real and it freaked me out it really terrified me they never tried to scare me but just because they were there but nothing in evil about them or the uh, this military thing that was scary but it wasn't coming after me or anything personal uh i was protected with them for three and a half years when I started doing the podcast and then when I really started to drill down for people, this is what's happening now in the world. These forces have created this situation to kill humanity and all life. And they're pretending to be the saviors while they do it to gain our consent. And this is what this is about. And when I started to really paint that picture, then all this crazy shit started happening. And then I started getting attacked in ways that I thought were just horseshit when I would hear or hear talk hear videos about people doing, you know, these electronic attacks in, in, in your head. And then it started happening to me in a real way. And it was really gnarly. And they were healing me moment to moment. But then there were days that were really, really gnarly. And one time and very, and it's, and it's not just a physical thing, but it's a demoralizing thing with this energy. This it's just gnarly. One time I got this cup, this happened a couple of months ago. It was so brutal for a couple of days. I thought I was having these pains, these shooting pains through my eyes and center point in my different parts of my head, in my kidney. And this, and it's acoustic and it's acoustic sounding and it's in a vibration or it's a single point of pain in your head at different points of your eye. And then acoustic sound in the middle of your head that expands out, gets bigger and bigger and pulses. Boom, 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 boom. So I went, I went, I got so bad. I went to the specialist at this hospital in LA, uh, with brain specialist. He's like, yeah, you got a serious brain injury happening. I don't know how we're going to treat it. I don't know how it happened. It's happens from a microwave exposure, uh, from microwave energy or kind of these kind of wavelengths at a certain thing. I don't know anything about that, but you've got major issues and this is going to probably fuck you up major in a big way. Didn't use that language. And I'm not sure how we're going to treat it, but you need to come back in a week or two. So on my way back home, I was like, you know, I thought I was talking to them. I thought you would protect me all the time, you know, and you'd keep me safe because this is important for the people of the world to know this is real and, you're going to keep me going no matter what, not because I'm special, because I'm not. We're all the same, because people have to know you're real. I thought you would protect me, and I still didn't understand 100% about the healing, because they would be healing me all the time through different things, but I wasn't 
really understanding the process of it, you know, and micro watching it happen to myself and how, but through these attacks, because it became, it's a 24 seven thing. Now, second, I wake up my, wake up in the morning, second, it happens. But anyways, coming home from the hospital that day, they would say, keep make, keep make, meaning keep making the podcast. Don't worry. They use like two words at a time keep make when they want you know i'm like i'm gonna quit i don't want to do this anymore i can't fucking take this shit it's too gnarly i give up i don't know what to say keep make keep make keep make this is what they said i mean meaning keep making the podcast keep telling people we're real keep make will be will be will be what i mean meaning what's coming is it going to be okay is you know is there something more coming from you that pete that's really going to change people to know you're real will be will be and so they kept telling me, will be uh, in terms of in the healing, you know, like, am I going to be okay? How am I going to go on? The guy's saying, I'm, I'm fucked. My brain, I'm going to be able to see out of one eye and all this thing will be, will be, meaning we're going to heal you. We're going to heal you. So what happened, long story short, is I woke up the next day. I felt different. I felt better. But I wasn't 100% better, but I felt different. My, I had some energy back again. I could, my eye thing was clearing up. My head didn't feel the ringing was going away. The soreness, I had this pain that went through my right eye went all the way back to the back of my head like somebody stuck a dagger in my eye it was weird and this and each day i said better and better and better and when i went back to the hospital the guy looked at me and said everything's gone i don't know what happened but you have zero marks on your brain there's no scarring you're totally fine and i was like <laughs> wow. this is so fucking crazy i just just and so it's heroin, man. It's heroin. This whole thing to be in my shoes and to go through this shit and just the most heroin part is knowing that they're real and loving them so desperately in all life and knowing how they are. They are the greatest family and friends I've ever known. That's I call them Mishpoka, which again is Yiddish for family. And if Pete and and knowing and seeing what's unfolding in this world and knowing that they're just there waiting for people to reach out to them. You know, and that our true purpose is to be the custodians of life and to be, you know, to be with nature and to be protecting and caring for all life in an equal way, but be protecting and nurturing and, you know, and, and the wonder and the love that comes with that. You know, I want people so badly to know that because they would understand and be so feel so much joy and, and, and relief and 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 just total happiness and love and, and i just thought that that stuff was just not real i just thought it was all fairy tale but it's not they're real it's all real it's and there's no darkness there's no that doesn't even exist in their state their true state our true state is total perfection total love total abundance evil doesn't even exist in, physically in that realm evil had to create a false realm of materialism to be able to have and then convince people that that was the way to go, not that our divine culture and our ways w w from them. Evil had to convince people that it was real and that materialism was real and it was the way to follow, to be able to even get a foothold through our consciousness, perception, through persuasion, to be able to then control people to create all of this carnage that we see that has unfolded over time. That's not the true state of our God, our creator, or what they had intended for us. And so this is a return 
to our God of God and angels, or to that divine place in the garden, you know, where Eve, you know, where our creator said, you can have everything, but just don't go to the tree of knowledge. And she did. And that started the process of everything that we see now, this yeah. world and all the separation. So there you are, my friend. Wow. That's, that's a lot to take in. I, I know it why. is. I, I get here. Yeah, I totally hard get to it. Process. I mean, I see, okay. I see a lot of similarities in biblical texts that you have said that actually has some truths in what you're saying. So it's like, Good. that's why I was wondering, I were we yeah. given like little pieces of this along the way and we've just diluted them into something different, you know? Yeah. So that's what I was kind of looking at. Totally. Absolutely. So yeah. that's, that's a lot. I mean, I thank you for coming on this podcast. Cause that, Listen, I mean, thank how you. can I, how can our listeners, if they're wanting to know more, obviously yeah. you mentioned your they podcast. Is there any other things you would suggest reading or looking up or I know you no. mentioned a few things, but no, there's not, this is not found in any book. Just, or any just experience it themselves. No, I, they can call, I mean, they can listen to my podcast you know, uh, the return of God and angels it's on, it's on Podbean, P O D B E A N Podbean, or they can email me CP waters at AOL.com CP waters at AOL.com. And I'm happy to talk to them. I'm happy to give them input about how to start this relationship. See okay. for yourself. Don't believe me. You know, I, I, that's my purpose is, is not film and TV, but this, is to, to tell people, hey, your, your creators are real. They're here. Go to them. Surrender your heart and go to them. Let Try. Just try. Let me help you. And see for yourself With that they're real. With all this information, I feel, it, I feel like it would be hard for me to live my daily life like you do. Like it, it must be hard separating the two. Like just being a regular person and, and film you know, production company. You're not a film production company, but you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. your, your day-to-day business. And then having this as well, that's, that's a heavy load, you know? The first, uh, yeah, I'm not lying to you. The first couple of years, and even now, it's, it's uh, oh boy. I, uh, I'm on the razor's edge in my heart because you're filled with so much love. I don't even know if that's the right word for it, for you and for all life and for what could be. And you see the carnage and go and you see where this is going because it is going there and is happening now. And these are not things I'm making up. And you feel such heartbreak and desperation to help protect life. And, and, you know, we got off course a long time ago as a human being culture in terms of our, subjugation of life thinking that we have inherent value over others over a butterfly we do not and we have to and and to to, i understand to write that shit that's going to only come from them returning and kicking ass and saying to people hey look up you see that and people cowering to them and that's going to happen and they're most profound loving amazing but people who are supporting this stuff they're not going to be that way with they're going to be ruthless to those people who support anything that is anti them anything that is anti protecting life innocence their divine law and culture they're going to and they're going to either turn completely over to this darkness or they themselves are going to run through 
but they are going to return, you know, in that way, because I understand this, you know, but that's, but that's what this is all about is, is that is, and I know, cause I have this conversation with them all the time. I'm like, I'm absolutely out of my mind. How does that happen? How does, but I know how it happens. I'm like, I'm like, the world is so fucked up and so crazy and so much shit going on all over the world. Good, bad, the other thing, you know, and all these different people thinking different things. How is this going to make any difference? But yet you're here, you are, and you're real. This is a conversation I have with them all the time because with myself and with them, I'm like, this is where I see this going, this, this new heaven on earth, which is what they told me and gave me, which they tell me all the time. We're all life, hidden, the hidden life of, from the unseen, spirit, being, et cetera, animal, nature, human, divine, all live together as one. That's real. That's, that's what the true natural world is. That's the world I'm describing to you that, that exists now just outside of our eyesight. But humanity awakens and, 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 and becomes those custodians of life through this process, understands that there is nothing more sacred than life itself and innocence and them. So and the that people, everything, yeah. I got a question. So the people that yeah. have already passed on, you know, throughout time, they just go straight into this, this consciousness of life, and they're, you know, there's no, their physical body died, but they're, they're, they remain themselves. Their, their energy just takes off, right? And they're, and who they are, who okay. they are stays who they are. They like you stay you, I stay me. You just turn into a ball of light, which is who you are, anyways. Okay. You don't. You're not. You're. You know. You've always been a this ball of light. With, with who has this wonderful personality and who you are and you know that's always who you are i'm always been me and that's who we really are you know is these beautiful balls of light that's who your animals are that's who everything is um and then we come into this world and we have this form i don't know why or that you know i you know i only know what i experience but yeah but all the people that we love all the animals from what they tell me and what i've seen and filmed and over and over again, yeah, we all stay together. You know, they taught me from the very beginning, there is no separation, meaning in, in all ways. And that goes with death. It goes with everything. No, you can't. It's like, how can you separate a drop of water from the ocean? You know, uh, if you're, you know, if you're looking, I mean, of course, you can do a cup and take a water out. But if you're looking at an ocean, you know, there each drop of water is on its own, but it's also the ocean. You know what I mean? That's the same with death. That's the same with all life. We are each, we are that ocean. We are each droplet of water, you know, we'll, we'll always be. Man, that's, a, that's a lot, but I'm, I'm thankful for you, uh, taking your time out and inviting audience, you know, people that listen, listeners, you know, to actually reach out to you and, and find out more. Cause great. I think it's an interesting story. I think it's really cool to hear from you. You know, I mean, it's a lot for me like, to process, obviously. Of course. I think you knew that that would be the case. Of course. And I didn't want to yeah, make this I'm a... Uh, I'm just really happy to be here. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Go ahead. I didn't want this to be one of those, you know, like I discussed with you, our normal podcast, just talk, talking about films and true stories behind sure. them and kind of, you know, joking around and this and that. So our listeners are definitely hearing something totally different. But yeah. that's a good thing. I think I think uh, they have open minds and need to to experience life from the, for themselves. And whether they believe you or not, if they're open to even the but suggestion, that's, yeah, of it, that's the beauty. They can talk to yeah, you about that's it. The so, beauty. yeah, exactly. That's the beauty. It's like you giving them something different, 
and them listening open, whether they believe it or not, that's not, that's immaterial, but just the fact that they're participating in being open and, and being together, that's everything. That's everything. We have to keep our focus on that, not, not the differences. We have to look at each other and stay together and not look at the differences, but look at the connections. That's the most important thing. And I so appreciate being, and you've been wonderful. And, uh, you know, I was worried, not worried, but I, you know, when, when we met and became friends and you're like, Hey, I have this really cool podcast. You know, we have a couple beers. We, you know, discussed this. I thought, Hey, that sounds awesome and cool, but it's probably not the right venue for this because this is real. And I need to be able to, you know, kind of say it as it is without you know going through that which in normal in normal with anything else that would be totally fine but it's just it just it's just maybe and you were so amazing to say well listen let's do it let's do a straight thing you know and and you were great and perfect and i appreciate that giving me the room to just kind of let you know where, where i'm coming from and and you're awesome and this is great and i hope your your people like it and even if they don't that's okay too i just love being here well thanks very much man i it's uh it was cool talking to you, and it's cool getting to know you. I definitely uh, want to talk in the future and, and maybe do some things down the road. It'd be really cool. Let's do that. Let's stay friends, and I loved talking to you as well. And please don't be a stranger, and, uh, you know, let's continue our friendship. All right. So I think we're going to end that on that note because that's, a, that's a pretty cool note to end on. So we are uh, – once again, my name is Darren Means, and this is the Horror You Know podcast. And I want you guys to have a good week and stay spooky, my friends. In the dead of night, when the moon is high, and the shadows dance, the evil will rise. Oh.